today. But I've got a great friend of mine, Mr. Matt Vanderdusen. Matt, welcome to the podcast, man. How are you? I'm doing well, man. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, nice likewise, man. Good, good to see you. Good to uh, have you in our studio and all that. Um, I think the last time I saw you was probably at one of the shows, like, it seems like a year ago, but it was really like four months ago or something like that. It really does seem like it was forever ago. <laughs> you, you pretty much work all the shows because I always see you there, right? Yep. Yeah. For I'm a glutton for punishment. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, guys, before we get started here, make sure to go follow us on Instagram and uh, like us on Facebook. Also, go subscribe to the podcast, too. Tell your friends about it. We'd love to continue to grow and provide more content. Matt. Let's get into it here. Tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, and uh, all that good stuff. Yeah, so uh, I, uh, I absolutely love to fish. I mean, ever since I can remember, I mean, just from a small kid, um, I can remember fishing with a rod in my hand, whether it was uh, on my dad's boat, fishing local salt water, just catching barracuda and sand bass, um, just trout fishing at all of our family vacation lakes. Um, I, I always just absolutely loved it. Um, I would always be bugging my dad to take me fishing. So uh, it was it's just always been something I've absolutely loved to do. Um, and uh, it uh, has turned into, uh, end up turning into career, a career for me. <laughs> nice, nice, man. Yeah, it, it's almost like one of those things where if you go or if you fish, you're passionate about it. There's really no halfway in, halfway out. It's not just another hobby, like kind of like golf. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, you can play golf, but you cannot. I mean, I play golf maybe once every six months mm-hmm. and I'll pick it up. But fishing, it's just you're always itching to get out. Yep, one hundred percent. Golf is a uh, golf is a great time, but uh, <laughs> it's more of a uh, drink beer on the golf course with some buddies type deal for me. I was gonna say it's pretty much like me too, mm-hmm. or drink uh, drink beer with some buddies and uh, get out whenever they want to go out. Yep, exactly. <laughs> Fishing, you go out whenever you want to go out. Exactly. <laughs> awesome. Well, so you are currently, I think you're the manager at the Longfin, correct? Uh, no, not not the manager. Not uh, the manager. Eric, Eric's the manager. I'm just uh, one of the counter guys. Oh, gotcha. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. So you work at the Longfin, and I think. I think this is your second stint there uh third actually third nice i nice. can't seem to get away from that place hey <laughs> it's all good it's a calling mm-hmm. it's a calling how is it over there uh, it's great it's uh, i mean shoot it's it's almost always busy over there it's one of the uh i mean it's the biggest dedicated fishing tackle shop in california so it's mm-hmm. kind of cool to be able to work at a spot like that two and levels i think two, yep two levels upstairs yep. and downstairs and I mean, shoot we even got an elevator in the in the place. oh no kidding yeah nice yeah and uh but yeah, it's busy there. It's it's a ton of fun to work there. It's uh, you know constantly meeting new people, helping people. Mm-hmm. Um, we get all sorts of different customers there, from you know people just trying to learn how to fish to uh, some of the most seasoned salty guys you you know. <laughs> yeah, they, those guys seem to always stop in whenever every now and then. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, there's always uh, there's always someone sh- sharing <laughs> stories and uh, bullshitting in there. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Well, how is, uh, how is it in the tackle stores right now? We're fishing super, super good. Um, all around, it seems like all the way up from Oxnard, all the way down to San Diego. How is it? Uh, dude, the fishing is, is phenomenal right now. It took a little longer than it has the last few years. We've mm-hmm. been, uh, incredibly spoiled with, uh, all the warm water we've had. It's, uh, this year kind of came back to a little bit down more of a normal level of fishing mm-hmm. where, you know, we weren't, uh, absolutely just crushing bluefin in uh in april i mean there was like there were a couple of weeks there were a bit pretty good but yeah. uh the consistency the consistency hasn't been there and uh, obviously we haven't had uh um the the really good yellowfin bite or that crazy dorado bite we had last year but oh my uh, gosh but the fishing is uh it's shaping up to be a real real solid year did you take advantage of that dodo bite uh yeah i did a cu- couple times on a, on a private boat nice. i uh 
I've, I felt really bad for deckhands on boats <laughs> when I had to work through that last year. That must have been absolutely brutal. Oh, talk about a nightmare. Oh, my goodness. Just, <laughs> I mean, just tangles and just and with how those fish, they don't really, like, settle into a fight and run long. So they're mm -hmm. jumping all over the place, crossing 15 different people. And yeah, it's just an absolute nightmare to do that on a sport boat. Oh, my gosh. B biggest dodo for you? Uh, biggest one I had was about, like, 15 to 18 pounds. Okay. In there. That, yeah. That's pretty solid. Yeah. Yeah, well, solid wasn't for bad. Nice. Really nice. good numbers, but uh, nothing too crazy big. Yeah, yeah. What about bluefin? How are you on bluefin? It seems like people, certain people are either, they love it or they hate it. Mm -hmm. where, where do you fall on that? Um, I uh, both love it and hate it. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, uh, uh, you know, I absolutely love fishing for them. I love catching them. It's it's, a, it's an incredibly challenging fish to fish for. It's hard mm -hmm. to get bites. And then they, they really put every bit of, um, uh, every bit of your ability and skill to the test, whether it comes to rigging technique, um, and even just, they really test on your devotion on how much you want to catch them and fish them. Mm -hmm. I mean, just the, the nighttime bite where you, you know, you go on a two and a half day trip and it's, you, there's still daytime fishing, but yeah. then at the same time, the best fishing is going to happen at night. So you either got to figure out if you want to just sleep during the night, miss the night bite, mm -hmm. uh, sleep during the day, miss the day bite, or just bring a shitload of energy drinks and stay up <laughs> for two and a half days straight. Yeah. Yeah. But so, it's just all, but all, I guess, important decisions to know, like before going on the trip and all that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's but, almost like you have to be committed to one or the other or, but trying both. It's like, you're just asking for trouble. Exactly. It's uh, it, it kind of, unfortunately, sometimes it takes some of the fun away from the trip because you go and, you know, you, you know, there's limited time and time and resources. So you got to pick, pick your trips. And then if you have two days off to go on a two and a half day trip and you don't sleep the whole time, then you got to work for five mm -hmm. days right after it's uh it's uh can be, make the next week pretty brutal after. Yeah. But uh, it's uh, when you get into them, it is unbelievably fun to catch those fish oh yeah yeah for sure when they're biting and when they feel like biting mm -hmm. and it, it's fun mm -hmm. it's fun have you been out in the last couple of weeks with the with all this bluefin around you know what i i, I moved earlier this month and uh, that's been taking yeah. away a lot of my time so i i haven't been out in the last few weeks as uh, tuna fishing um, i had one trip planned that uh, ended up falling through the little last minute family emergency but uh oh. um oh, it happens yeah it does unfortunately but uh I don't know. The, the last few years, they've stayed and bit through November typically. So I'm not really stressing on that. I'll have plenty of time to get out there. So on that note, mm -hmm. I feel like because of our late start, because we really haven't gotten started until like maybe June, more mm -hmm. or less. Mm -hmm. You think it's going to go all the way through November, December this year? I mean, it, it seems to the last few years it has. And I mean, the last I shoot the last three or four years, I've had some of my best tuna fishing in October. Mm -hmm. So it's the, uh, the fall bite, uh, the fall is the most underrated time of the year to fish. I mean, that's, you know, they call it the, lo the local summer. Um, <laughs> and, uh, there, there's something to that. It's just an absolute phenomenal time of the year to fish. Mm -hmm. Um, fish are usually kind of settled in more of an area. You don't gotta, you know, go chasing and traveling all over the place for them. So, um, it's, mm -hmm. uh, can be a little bit more mellow fishing sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think, you know, I've always said this word, uh, people always ask me, when's your favorite time to fish or when's the best time to go, especially when, you know, people are looking to book charters and all that. Mm -hmm. I like definitely for sure. September, October. Yes. Best 100%. time by far. Usually the yellowfin are just full, full speed right there. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's fun. It's fun fishing. Mm -hmm. And the boats are way less crowded. As soon as, yeah. as soon as schools get back in mm -hmm. it, uh, you know, the, the business in the tackle shop takes a, a you know, a definite hit, yeah. but, uh, the, uh, the fishing gets better. 
Really? And so basically, even the fishing gets better and all that stuff, tackle stores really just kind of lull in the fall time or whatever? A little bit, yeah. Just, you know, because uh, there's a lot of business with, uh, um, you know, families going up to Sierras and trout fishing. And, right. you, okay. know, you know, we're family, you know, where everyone in the family is off. So it's mm-hmm. easier for parents to not have to take their kids out of school. Um, so there's just more more everyday fishermen fishing during the, during the summertime. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as school goes back in and everyone's schedules gets busier and they typically plan more of the fun um, when schools aren't in. So yeah. it's, a, you know, there's a, it's not a huge hit, but uh, it definitely, as soon as school, all schools are back in, it slows down. So the moral of the story is go fishing in the fall. Yes, absolutely. 100%. <laughs> it's uh, the boats are usually, there's a lighter load on the boats. A lot of time uh, it's a little cooler. So it's not so stinking hot. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's a, and the, a lot of times the weather is phenomenal in the fall. Oh, it's always glass. Mm-hmm. Typically. Yep. yep. The wind is, uh, the wind is usually a, a little more mellow for sure. Yeah. Are you primarily private boat or sport boat or both? Um, I end up doing more private boat fishing nowadays. Okay. Mm-hmm. Nice. Nice. Very cool. I know with, uh, with sport boats and all that, like I, I'll do both, mm-hmm. but you know, whenever the opportunity comes, but sport boats, I mean, especially when we're talking about the time period, the fall and all that September, October, it's almost like you're, you're, uh, you know, you're fishing on a, on a, on a private yacht. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes, there's sometimes it, it it does feel like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So let's get into let's talk a little bit of fishing. As far as your favorite style of fishing, favorite kind of fishing, favorite species, and all that stuff, what's yours? What are your answers? Uh, I I gotta say wahoo fishing with with jigs. Really, there's just nothing better than fishing wahoo on on lures. It is there's nothing that gets me more amped up and jacked up than than that. I, uh, I'm, I'm really jealous cause I've never done that before. <laughs> oh dude, it is. I mean, it's like, I mean, you've probably caught yellowtail and service iron and mm-hmm. yo-yo iron. It is that just amplified by, oh. by 10. Jeez. I mean, the, the fish are, those fish are just, at, and they're beautiful fish. They, they, they don't pull terribly hard, but, um, it's one of those deals where it's, you're not fighting for them. You're not fighting them very long, mm-hmm. but it is for, you know, you go from zero to a hundred and stay at a hundred until that fish is gaffed and put in the boat. And it is just absolutely wild. You end up, you know, just running down the rail as fast as you possibly can, chasing after those fish. Mm-hmm. They're incredibly challenging to catch. So when you do get one, uh, it really does feel good. Yeah. And it seems like they have pretty much scissors for teeth too. So it's super, uh, yes, super important to gaff it. Uh, yes, <laughs> very much so. And then, uh, and also watch your feet while you're walking around in the boat too. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Do you do much long range fishing at all? Um, yeah, usually every other year, um, my dad and I'll do an eight day trip. Oh, very cool. Mm-hmm. Very cool. So that's the Wahoo. Yes. Yep. Very that's cool. right. That's where I always get, end up getting the Wahoo. Do you ever do Wahoo fishing outside of, I guess, Baja or California? Uh, you know what? Um, I, I have actually the first Wahoo I ever caught was in Costa Rica. Oh, very cool. Um, yeah. And it was just, we were down there on a family vacation and just booked a Ponga for a day trip. And, uh, it wasn't a big one. It was probably like a 10, 12 pounder caught mm, on a, like a hundred pound on a 50 wide. So it wasn't, oh, yeah. know, it just kind of was felt like reeling and bait more than anything. But, uh, um, it's not something I've, uh, you know, went out and purposefully fished for outside of a long range trip, but mm-hmm. I have been fortunate enough to catch one. We're in Costa Rica. Um, we were in, uh, Guanacaste, so okay. uh, Playa, gotcha. Playa del Coco. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very cool. I just went down there for my honeymoon last November oh, nice and, man. uh, yeah, yeah. Where'd and, you guys uh, stay? Uh, Nosara. Okay. Over there. I think that's just South of Guanacaste yep. or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Beautiful. Oh, but, dude, beautiful country. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I could, I could spend like multiple weeks down there. Mm-hmm. 100%. Mm-hmm. 
And I mean, just whether the people, the people are super, super friendly too. Yes. People are super friendly. The only, the only gripe I have about Costa Rica is the food is boring. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I went down there fully expecting like Mexican food oh, yeah. and it was just, it, it, the food was a bit of a letdown, but I mean, after that, it was, that was the only thing I could possibly have anything negative to say about Costa Rica. Yeah. It, it makes up in other regards. Absolutely. But. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Well, down there, you've got the Wahoo fishing. We, uh, when we went down there, we, we actually went fishing. We did, mm-hmm. uh, some, we, we caught some bull Dorado, like north of 30 pounds. Really? North oh, of 30 nice pounds. Fish. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Some yellowfin too, a porpoise too, which, yep. you know, nothing new up here, but, um, and then also booster fish. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you caught a rooster? Dude, I haven't caught a rooster. That's one thing that's high on my bucket list mm. to go do. That's, uh, that's, it's, uh, in the next few years, I'm going to plan a trip to specifically target roosters. It seems like a really fun fish to catch. Oh, yeah. So, rooster's number one for me, and then Wahoo's number two. Yeah. yeah. Hands down for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so, let's talk about your new company, DP. Uh, tell us about it, and uh, it's primarily uh, leaders, pretty much, right? Yeah, so uh, it's uh, DP Tackle Co. is uh, kind of something that's always been in the back of my mind for a few years. Um, mm-hmm. It's, uh, I mean, the whole deal with wind on leaders—they're getting a lot more popular now. But um, it was one of those deals where I would see how much they sell for in the shop, and I would make them for customers all the time, and just you know, just make them in the shop if we didn't have what they wanted in stock. Mm-hmm. And then it was kind of just a. a couple months ago or earlier this year, I was like, why don't I just start making them? Yeah. Like, why not? Let's try it and see what happens. And yeah, uh, why not? Yeah. And so far and knock on wood, we haven't, uh, <laughs> haven't had any, anyone come back with any, with any issues with them, but That's uh, good. yeah, it's been, uh, it's been fun. It's been fun to kind of start, start a business and, uh, kind of, you know, I've had a lot of different experiences, but it's been it's been good for me to start a business. You know, staying disciplined and you know yes. keeping up with bookkeeping, and, and that's the <laughs> that's the hardest part in business one hundred and one. Yes, yes. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the reception on it's been really good. It's been um, it's been really humbling. You know, people mm-hmm. are uh, really happy to. Uh, it's been multiple times when you know people who normally wouldn't fish a wind on leader figure out that I'm making them and that I'm mm-hmm. selling them and they are more than happy to buy some and start trying it out. So it's been, it's been a really cool, humbling experience to get that going. Very cool. So what, uh, what sizes or what class sizes do you normally do? Or do you have a whole list? Um, so I've, I make a bunch of, of, of wide range of sizes, um, mm-hmm. pretty much everything from 60 pound up to 400 pound at the moment. Nice. Mm-hmm. Nice. And right now, I mean, especially with bluefin and the knife time bluefin fishing and all that stuff, mm-hmm. it's super, super important yes. to have all that dialed in. Yeah, it really is, uh, especially for the uh, nighttime bluefin. That's mm-hmm. been uh, that's been a really big market for you know the, the part of one of the fishing that I hate to do the most, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's the biggest market for uh, the yeah. company that I have yeah. going. But uh, um, no, that's been that market's been huge for uh, helping helping um, encourage people to fish wind ons and mm-hmm. has really uh, brought wind ons up to the um, become way more popular. Yeah, I mean it's super. I mean it's critically important if you don't have a good wind on and all that, a good leader. Mm-hmm. It's especially a bluefin. You're, mm-hmm. you're you're done. You're toast. Yep, absolutely. And it's like, like we were talking about earlier. It's they put every little small detail to the test. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, wind on leaders allow you to fish a lot heavier line without a big bulky connection knot. Mm-hmm. So um, what I've started doing on a lot of the nighttime jig fishing is uh, depending on the grade of the fish and lures and everything I'm fishing. But I'll fish just a ten yard, hundred and fifty or two hundred pound wind on. Um, and then just do a loop to loop right to braid on my reel. Mm-hmm. And then I'll just crimp that leader right to the jig. 
Yeah. So it takes one, you know, it takes your getting, you always want to have a heavy leader on your jig for doing this, but it takes the connection away from your swivel. Mm -hmm. So you have less stuff on the, on the line. And then two, you have 30 feet of, you know, 150 or 200 pound line. Yeah. So whether it's tail slap um, from that fish running away from you, rubbing on the boat, other people's lines, it's a good way to just have a lot of heavy line on there and really re um, reduces the amount of times you get bit off and broke off. It's called insurance. Yes. <laughs> mm -hmm. You want to be covered no matter what. Uh, you know mm -hmm. what happens because crazier things have happened especially on sport boats and all that yes oh, it's uh yeah it's i've seen some absolutely epically awful tangles happen on sport boats oh, especially with this nighttime jig fishing stuff it is just i mean it's it's one of the, the things that uh separates the guys who are good at the nighttime jig fishing versus the guys that aren't mm -hmm. it's just staying out of tangles yeah i mean it's some of those tangles you get you sit there and you're stuck for a half hour 45 minutes at times and you're standing there just holding your rod watching other people catch fish while you're stuck in a tangle mm -hmm. so staying on a tangles is is i mean just that alone it really increases your chances of catching fish yeah yeah for sure i mean it, it's funny it, it's hard enough to go fish and all that stuff but having so many different obstacles and everything mm -hmm. just having that insurance of you know heavier line for basically everything yep you're good yep Yep, it's bites can be few and far between, so you want to make sure you're able to capitalize on, on as many bites as you can. That's awesome. The business is going good too. Yeah, yeah, it's been uh, um, so far. We're in uh, three different shops. Oh, sweet. Um, unfortunately, I don't have a ton of time, ton of extra extra time. So it's uh, working full time and trying to start up a business and then still maintain relationships with friends and be able to go fishing is yeah. uh, so I, I have about as much as I can handle at the at the moment um, and being in uh, so the, the long fin has them mm -hmm. uh, copes tackle and rod up in Bakersfield has oh, them cool. and then um, this one's this one always confuses people but uh, Phoenix fishing supply out in uh, Phoenix Arizona stocks oh, as well interesting mm -hmm. very cool I mean there, there's a whole market out there for saltwater fishing out here in California. Yep. Absolutely. Phoenix, Vegas, mm -hmm. anywhere pretty much. Yeah. No, that's uh Phoenix fishing supply is a, it, it, it's just a, it's a cool little shop out there, mm -hmm. but, uh, and, uh, Gowdy and all the guys in there are just, just wonderful, really good people. And, uh, there's a ton of people that come over from Arizona to fish out here. Oh, totally. Mm -hmm. Totally. And uh, with Seth that copes too, and all that stuff, those guys are dialed in up there too. Yeah, no, that's another. Uh, once again, you, when you think of Bakersfield, you don't mm -hmm. think of uh, you, you don't think of a saltwater fishing shop, but uh, they they do a really good job up there. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, and and you you know you walk in the building, and you think you're going into a barn or whatnot. Uh huh. <laughs> it's a very unassuming building. But, yeah, uh, yeah. You, as soon as you get through the door, it's uh, it's a it's a little tackle haven up there. Oh, I know. Uh, you walk in and you're just shocked. It's mm -hmm. like, oh my gosh, this is this is amazing. Yeah. No, it really does. Seth does a Seth does a really nice job with that shop up there. Oh, for sure. No offense, Seth. No, no offense. <laughs> uh, I love your shop. Um, that, that's awesome, man. So when it comes to the leaders and all that, uh, and you know. Getting it from, for me, peace of mind, getting it from someone else rather than doing it myself, that's just peace of mind for me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for you as a professional and all that, doing that, asking or having customers asking you to tie on their wind on and all that. I mean, it's, it's reassuring for me, mm -hmm. for sure. Mm -hmm. So that way, like it, whether it's, uh, whether it comes unbuttoned or whatnot or whatnot, it, it's, it's not like you don't feel as bad, but mm -hmm. usually that doesn't happen. 
especially when you're doing it right. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's it's going to happen at some point where I have you know where, where I have one, two. Well, I'm sure it's going to happen where something blows up on me, and you know, yeah. it's uh, it, it's all part of it. Unfortunately, I am human, and uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm not perfect, but uh, <laughs> um, no, so far it's been good, and uh, I don't know. I did a lot of research and a lot of practice, a lot of testing on everything. So, mm-hmm. um, kind of what we got going right now is uh, is 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 pretty dialed in, and they're very very strong. So I have a kind of a random question, but yeah. well, it's kind of on leaders. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's always, you know, maybe like 50, 50 to above 50 mm-hmm. pound test or whatever, when I'm tying on floor and all that, what's your go-to knot? What's the best knot for, I guess, a connection lot from flo- uh, braid to fluoro and uh, from, you know, fluoro to a, to a jig or whatnot? Gotcha. So uh, when I'm tying braid to fluoro, especially on like heavy stuff, you know, 50, 60, 80, right. um, if I'm tying that stuff, it's an FG knot now. Yeah. Yeah. Just with the fact that the the mono or floor doesn't get doubled over and bent over itself and the tag end is facing back towards the reel. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's just, I mean, outside of the PR bobbin, which is, which is a beautiful knot, incredible cool knot, but it just takes too damn long to tie. <laughs> I mean, an FG is, uh, it's not the prettiest knot in the world, but as far as effectiveness, that, that, that knot is absolutely where it's at. Yeah. Um, and uh, I'm a San Diego jam knot for, for tying anything to jigs, hooks, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, San Diego jam knots than my go-to yeah same with me san diego jam is pretty much almost the the, the one knot that i always use mm-hmm. no matter what mm-hmm. and then fg is pretty solid too yeah but i've always wondered because you know 40 and, and down pretty simple and all that 50 mm-hmm. and above that's where you kind of need to get get uh, i guess your your big boy pants on uh, mm-hmm. for, for knots and all that yes absolutely that's where uh yeah especially i mean usually when you're breaking out 50 pound you're usually fishing fish that are you know 60 80 pounds and and bigger yeah. than that and especially with bluefin it's once again, where they put every little bit of, of, of your skill tackle and everything to the test. Mm-hmm. It's, I've, seen, I've seen it way too many times where you're fishing bluefin, fishing 40, 30, 40 pound fly line, catching you know, 40, 50 pound grade fish, yeah. and all of a sudden six guys hook, hook fish, and three of them get spooled, and then the other, you know, two, of, oh, and yeah. then the other three fight their fish for a little bit, and then uh, you know you get one to color that ends up being like a 150 pound fish on 40 pound, and mm-hmm. they get broken off all the time and heartbreak. So it's oh. one of those deals where with bluefin, you gotta have all your stuff tightened up and ready to go because you never mm-hmm. know when you're gonna hook that really big fish on with way too light a line. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Do you do you jig or jig fish much and all like? surface iron cold snipers and all that mm-hmm. yeah surface iron is uh, as far as when i'm you know outside of wahoo fishing that's going to mm-hmm. be my number two favorite thing to do is throw surface iron yeah i know we fished together a couple of years ago on the san diego and that mm-hmm. was pretty much all both that you and i did were just stuck in the bow yep fish fish iron that was a cool trip that was awesome yeah that was a really fun trip i i remember that trip we stopped on that first school of yellowtail and i have no idea why but i just grabbed a bait rod and i was fishing <laughs> bait and i go and i just go and look up i remember standing on the stern looking up and i just see a bunch of puddling yellowtail up there and i'm like what am i doing with a bait in my hand right now this is stupid <laughs> so thankfully and you know they they they, they uh sunk out a little bit but mm-hmm. matt was able to circle around circle around and find him again and he rolls up on them again. They weren't really up, like, you know, chasing bait, or they weren't really puddling at that point. Mm-hmm. And it was just one of those, like, magical rainbow casts where I just fired out a cast kind of blindly. Mm-hmm. And then as my jig is peaking, I see yellowtail start to boil underneath 
exactly underneath nice. my jig and it was just like oh well, i'm getting a bite right here <laughs> and sure as shit like about 10 cranks in just got smoked by a fish and it was uh it's it's nice when it works out like that oh my gosh that's mm -hmm. picture picture perfect uh -huh. you can't write a better script than that nope absolutely not just a <laughs> kind of a blind cast and they just decided to show up right underneath where i cast it oh man we're doing that trip again by the way uh really? september 29th Okay. So I'll, I'll hit you up for sure. Yeah, man. I'd love to, I'd love to go if I can make it. Hell yeah, for sure. Do you do, or have you done much fishing much this year at all? Um, so most of the stuff I've been doing, I haven't done a, a lot of like local saltwater fishing. Um, mm -hmm. I did a toting Reyes trip in April. Oh, we're um, going to talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're, go, you're going next year. Hopefully able to make it on your, on your trip next yeah. year too. That'd be, yeah. that'd be fun. And then, um, I've done a little bit of, you know, local fishing, but, uh, mostly just inshore stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, I went up to uh, Crowley in June, which oh, was the cool. uh, first time I had done that, which was kind of cool. How was that? Um, it, it was, a, the fishing was a little on the tougher side. Um, mm -hmm. there was a, a, the weekend we were up there, there was a, whatever, a tur tournament or derby up there. And so there was the boat, the lake was packed with boats and we weren't fishing in the tournament, but uh, we were mm -hmm. just up there to fun fish. So the fishing was a little slow, but you know, every time we kind of get sick of not catching trout, we just go, go jerk a bunch of perch yeah. and, uh, and just have fun with that and then go back to doing the Mitch thing and trolling. Nice. Nice. I've always heard good stuff about that and going up there and everything. Never done it before. Mm -hmm. No, the, uh, that mid fishing is, is, is pretty fun. Just throw the double anchor out in the boat and just, it's basically just like fishing a drop shot with, with ultra light gear. Mm -hmm. But the, the quality of fish up there, I mean, you're not really catching like much like eight to 10 inch, like little stalker trout, like you do here, mm -hmm. like all the rainbows we caught were, you know, through bigger than three pounds. And then the cut a few, a few nice browns and some cuts. So it's a, uh, they're pretty good quality fish. So each one you hook is uh, especially on light gear is a ton of fun to catch nice very cool man well since you brought it up let's talk about tony reyes yeah man <laughs> uh we, we decided we're gonna go next year mm -hmm. uh me and darren and, and a couple other guys and all that hopefully you tell us about it what what's it like just give us the whole rundown and let me just be in awe <laughs> yeah so it is um it, it's one of the first off it's one of the best values in sport fishing right now yeah for what you get it's essentially you get four and a half days of fishing um, for about fourteen or fifteen hundred dollars, um, so and that includes fish cleaning, food, drinks, and included in drinks is beer. So you get <laughs> all that included for I mean just really good bang for the buck fishing, um, mm -hmm. and then it's just a fun experience going down to Baja. Oh. I mean any, anyone who's been down to Baja, um, if you don't like it, that's fine. But there's a certain <laughs> charm about Baja that um, I absolutely love. It is just wonderful to be down there. I mean. As I mentioned earlier, I absolutely love Mexican food. So mm -hmm. that is uh, obviously <laughs> a good spot to get <laughs> some of that. Um, and uh, it's just a fun adventure, you know, anytime crossing the border, going to another country. And then especially it's kind of built in where you drive down on Saturday morning, the trip leaves on Sunday. Mm -hmm. So you go down Saturday morning, get down to San Felipe, drop your stuff off on the boat, kind of get rid of all your gear. You can leave it on the boat. The boat's, you know, guarded 24-7, so you don't need to worry about anything. Mm -hmm. And then after that, you just go into San Felipe and have a good time. Nice. There's all sorts of, excuse me, mm -hmm. all sorts of great restaurants and bars. Um, it's just a fun time to be down there. And then once you get on the boat, you don't have to do anything. You literally wake <laughs> up, you eat, sleep, drink, um, and then just everything is done for you. Like you get up in the morning, all of your rods, reels, tackle boxes, mm -hmm. all that stuff is color coded. Your panga. So okay. you get up in the morning, have breakfast, have some coffee, and then um, you just pretty much go up to the second deck, wait till you see your panga get loaded up, walk down in your panga and go fish. And then you'll fish for a few hours, come back for lunch. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes the boat will stay in one place. Sometimes the boat will move. So it's a great time to have lunch, grab a nap, and mm -hmm. then uh, go up, out, out and fish for the evening again. 
and then come back in for dinner. It is, uh, you just, you, you literally eat, sleep, fish, don't have to worry about anything. You know, I've kind of dubbed it or I thought about this. It's kind of like a fishing cruise. It absolutely is. <laughs> it absolutely is. It might not be as fancy, you know, it's definitely yeah. not as fancy of a boat as a cruise ship is, but right. uh, I mean, we're fishermen. We don't need Who fancy cares? accommodations. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Let, let me ask you this. One, mm -hmm. one of my questions on it was, okay, if you um, say, so we're going with a big group of guys mm -hmm. and all that. And I think the load is somewhere between like 18 and 27 or something. Yeah. Kind of depending on if you, cause you can pay extra and do two fish, two people per ponga. Okay. There's, there's nine pongas that the boat carries. Um, and then uh, it's usually three per ponga, but you can pay extra and fish two people per ponga. Okay, I'm guessing it's worth it at that cost. Um, yeah, because it's because uh, it you know like I said the trips are thirteen to fourteen or uh, fourteen to fifteen hundred dollars, yeah. and then I think it's an extra. I, I should know this better, but uh, I think it's an extra like five hundred bucks a person, um, and you can get the whole ponga for yourself. Oh, dude! <laughs> so you don't even have to absorb the whole cost of an of like another person being on the boat, which is kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So are you able to say you go with a big group or you charter the boat and all that stuff? Mm -hmm. Are you able to like switch pongas throughout the trip or whatnot? Uh, yes. Yeah, so you definitely can on, uh, on my, on the last trip I was on, um, mm -hmm. we had one of the pongas had an, an engine issue. Um, so we were able to eat, you know, they're, they're really good about it where mm -hmm. you can switch people around and everything. Um, you just got to let the guys know on the deck and, uh, cause everything's color coded. So they're normally, you know, they don't know whose stuff is whose they're right. grabbing that color and throwing it on the ponga. But, um, you just got to let the guys know, Hey, this stuff is going with this ponga with this color today mm -hmm. and then um uh they're more than happy to to switch stuff around that's cool i mean you talked about it yourself where there's so much value in that trip and you get such a great experience just mm -hmm. going down baja yeah the experience is always fun um it's at least when i go it's always a shit some sort of shit show crossing the border <laughs> um and it's just saying you know it's just that it obviously is stressful at the time but yeah. uh, it's it always ends up being a fun experience Oh, for sure. Mm -hmm. And so is it, let me ask you this, is it worth it to go an extra night or the night before to San Felipe and just hang out? Um, you definitely can if you if you really want to, but, uh, mm -hmm. I always just, I, I'm always happy with just leaving Saturday morning. Mm -hmm. Um, you, you get, it's like, it takes like six, seven hours to get down there usually. So, you know, you leave at seven in the morning, you're there early afternoon and, um, that's plenty of time to go hang out if you really want to get after it and, you know, go party and right. ha have a night to, or have a couple mornings of, uh, of mm -hmm. not fun after a couple nights of fun. Um, you definitely can. But, uh, for me personally, I, I just like to go down for that one night before. Gotcha. Okay. Best, uh, best taco place for in San Felipe mm -hmm. to go visit. You know what? Uh, I haven't found one in particular that stands out, mm -hmm. but on the little main street they have right across from the beach, there's just seafood place after seafood place. Oh, after really? Seafood place. And, uh, um, every single place I've eaten down there is really good. Okay. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm guessing it's a big seafood town yes. uh, after that. Mm -hmm. Kind of like Ensenada and all that. They, they they basically put a lot of emphasis into seafood. Yes, 100%. Is. There's way more seafood places than it's like every single corner. It's like, you know, and here we have a Starbucks in every single corner. Right. And then San Felipe, they have a Marisco's place in every single corner. Oh, my gosh. Once you cross the border, it's only like what? Like maybe a three-hour drive? Uh, it's not even that. It's about two. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's not bad. No, it's not bad at all. The road's in great shape too. Mm -hmm. um, Mexicali is not the most fun place to drive through, but as soon as you get out, out and through Mexicali, mm -hmm. it's just, you know, nice little two lane highway through, through the desert. And then uh, it's an easy drive from there. It's all part of the game. Mm -hmm. It's all, all part good. of the fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. As far as the mothership goes and all that pretty mm -hmm. comfortable and, and everything. 
Yeah, it's nothing. Uh, it's nothing fancy, mm-hmm. um, but uh, all the rooms have air conditioning, and all oh, the that's air. Good. Yes, and all the air conditioners are for a much bigger room than uh, the small state rooms that are in there. Mm-hmm. So the air conditioners work incredibly well. Um, and then uh, there's a mix of uh, two, three, and four person staterooms on the boat. Um, so depending on the size of your group, there's only one four person stateroom. Um, but then all the other three person staterooms have four bunks in them. So you get okay. a spot to put all your gear and, and clothing, cool. and then everyone gets their own, their own bunk. So nice. it's uh, you know it's not not the intrepid, but uh, it's comfortable. How many times have you been down there, the Tony uh, Rice trip? Uh, I've been down there three times now. Okay, mm-hmm. sweet. Each uh, each ship gets better and better. Um, it just kind of depends. It kind of depends. You know, yeah. the this uh, April trip I went on this year, the fishing was the slowest. Mm-hmm. Uh, still, still a ton of fun, but uh, we were just a little early. I mean, just yeah. like we were talking about earlier, things are getting going a little slower than normal this year. So yeah, we only, only had one morning where we really had much opportunity for yellowtail fishing. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, but uh, I mean, the Cabrilla fishing was still phenomenal at times, and uh, it was kind of cool because we had a uh, since the fishing was a little slower. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel the need to fish the entire time. So one of the one of the mornings that we just told our pond girl, hey, go drop us off on, on the beach right there. And uh-huh. uh, and just my buddy and I just hiked in about and just went to a beach and hiked up about a mile up into a canyon. Um, saw some dead iguanas and um, just got, it was cool to experience wow. the, the experience that where, you know, not a lot of people get to go. Okay, so when it comes to and granted, my my geography in Baja is a little fuzzy at best. Um, when you, you're leaving out of San Felipe, they're going down a couple hundred miles, right? Yeah. So it really is, um, if you know where Bay of LA is, yeah. Uh, and there's the big island, Angel de la Guarda, um, mm-hmm. outside of Bay of LA, you're fishing on that backside of that. Okay. So gotcha. really it's, you know, those, the, and then you will fish a little bit sometimes on the front side, but mostly, mm-hmm. uh, you're fishing a lot on the, on the, on the outside of, uh, Angel de la Guarda. And then sometimes a little bit South, they usually end up going like the farthest South is usually uh, San Francisco. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. So let's talk a little bit about the fishing. Mm-hmm. I know Cabri is down there. I mean, almost anything really. Well, mm-hmm. what's it like? Um, uh, Cabria is, I mean, Cabria fishing is one of my f- top three fish to catch. I mean, that's right up mm-hmm. there with yellowtail and wahoo. Yeah. It's, it's like a calico bass, but they're bigger, stronger, and they all act like they just did a line of Coke. <laughs> they are just absolutely psycho. They pull incredibly hard. They're incredibly aggressive. Um, mm-hmm. They're absolutely phenomenal to eat. Um, and it's, those fish are just so much fun to catch. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've heard that often where it's like Cabrilla is like, you thought bass fight. No, it's Cabrilla. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I, my, the, what I use for Cabrilla fishing is I usually use 65 or 80 pound braid, mm-hmm. um, 60 to 80 pound floral leader. And then, um, I use a eight foot heavy Terramar and okay. the, uh, not the inshore one, just the regular rod. So it's an eight foot 30 to 60 pound line rating. So a rod I fish 40 pound on normally, mm-hmm. and then it tranks 400 and just get the drag as tight as possible. And, uh, just hang on. <laughs> well, okay. So, so since you, since you dabbled in it, so the mm-hmm. gear mm-hmm. I've heard consistently, you just kind of, uh, confirmed it consistently 65, 80, nothing less, nothing less. You can fish lighter if you like to lose lures. Okay. Which if yeah. you're buying them from Longfin, please fish, fish, go down there and fish 12 pounds because <laughs> <laughs> you're going to need a hell of a lot of lures when you get back. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. So what would you, as far as, uh, is there any limitations as far as how many setups you can bring and all that on the mothership? Um, so there isn't really like a, um, there's not like a limit for what they, you know, let you bring. Mm-hmm. Like you're not supposed to have more than four rods with you in Mexico. Um, but, uh, um, knock on wood, never been checked for that, but, yeah. um, <laughs> 
Uh, it's just one of those deals where it's not a, um, there's not really rod holders in the Pongo, so you're setting all of your rods down. So oh, yeah. it's nice to have a lot of options as far as rods go, but um, it's very easy to have too many rods in the boat. Okay. So be, you, it's good you, enough. Yeah, your rods aren't being held in rod holders or anything like that. And you don't really want to, because it, you're fishing three people on a Pongo, you don't really want to have like an SKB box with rod holders there because you're going to end up, you know, catching lures in your rods where you're casting. So yeah. um, it, usually it's something where I try and like keep it, and you know, just kiss, keep it simple, stupid. Yeah. Um, you know, have a Cabrillo rod, a yo-yo iron rod, a surface iron rod. Um, and then that's really the three core um, mm -hmm. rods and reels you need. I always bring way too much other crap, but um, yeah, we all then, do. Mm -hmm, it's, uh, <laughs> I, I have it. I want to use it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. When it comes to jigs and all that, um, typically what are you fishing uh, for Cabrillo? Um, so a lot of like, there's the, uh, Salus DX, which okay. is kind of, uh, you know, we're one of the few shops that carry them cause it's just a specific for Cabrilla jig. It's like a little diamond shaped flat jig. Um, mm -hmm. those work phenomenal for them down there. Uh, and then, um, big jerk baits. Okay. So whether it's a Yozuri hydro minnow, a Shimano current sniper, um, Daiwa SP minnow, um, all those are phenomenal jerk baits to fish there. Um, the new uh, jerk bait from AFCO is a phenomenal oh, yeah. bait down there. Um, nice thing about that one is you don't actually have to change any hardware on it. So you just pull it up, pull it off the card and uh, tie it on and just mm -hmm. go fish it. And it's, it's, it'll, that'll stand up to Cabrillo. No problem. Thank you, Robbie. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, okay, cool. That, that's good. So uh, I got to ask, so I will definitely hit you up before I go next year, but I'm going to have to have you make me like a whole like, jig pack or Fantastic. whatnot before I go. Cool. Uh, I, does, does, uh, does the Longfin sell like packs like that at all? Or is it just, you just have to stop in. Um, so pretty much it's, you know, we have like a Tony Reyes like bucket, but okay. really the Tony Reyes like bucket or like tackle box that we sell is really designed for people who don't come, like don't go fishing a lot. And are, it's really designed to complement like if you're renting rods and reels. So it gotcha. just has some basic tackle. So for someone like you who, you know, fishes a lot and has a lot of stuff, that wouldn't be the right thing for you. So for mm -hmm. you, it'd be best to just, you know, figure out what you have and then, you know, come in, come in the shop, let me know what you got and then I'll fill holes from there. Okay, cool. As far as like the, like, say like SP minnows, like the jerk baits and all that mm -hmm. stuff, are you typically like just replacing, uh, like split rings and hooks and all that just for good measure when, before going down there? Uh, yeah, a lot of times it's, you know, it's one of those deals where you, you're, um, you have limited, limited time and resources. You get yeah. down there, you're going to go fish. You have that, you know, for me, that's the one time of year I have to fish Cabrillo, which is one of my favorite, favorite type of fish mm -hmm. to catch. Um, so I don't want to leave anything, anything, anything to question. So, um, I usually will always upgrade hooks and rings and that way, that way I don't have to worry about my lure breaking when I'm fighting a fish. Cause it, I, I haven't caught a 20 pound Cabrillo yet, but I really want to. And when I hook that fish, I don't want to have to sit there and be, you know, not Gentle. be able to pull as hard as I can. Cause I'm yeah. worried about my, my lure breaking or anything like that. So it's well worth it just because there's a lot of other things that can go wrong. So if you have control over something to prevent it from not going wrong, why yeah. not do it? What's your, what's your PB Cabrillo? Um, my PB is 18. Oh, wow. Yeah. Down I, there? Yeah. Minute? Yeah. And that was on my first ever Tony Reyes trip. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It was a, that was a hell, hell of a good fish. <laughs> yeah. Well, so what, what uh, time in the years have you been down there? I know you just met, went in April, but have there been other trips at other times of the year? Uh, other times I've been, uh, I've done two in June and one in April. Okay. Yeah. 
How do the, how do the June trips compare to the April? Um, June is um, June is, I, in my opinion, the best time of year to fish down there because you mm -hmm. still get really good cabrillo fishing. Um, but the yellow and the yellowtail fishing is usually full speed then, mm -hmm. and there's it's a, it's a nice sweet spot where there's a lot of yellowtail up there. There's still a lot up on the surface, so you can get a lot on surface iron that time mm -hmm. of year. But then there's still you can fish them on yo-yo iron as well that time of year. Very cool. Mm -hmm. Very cool. What kind of I mean, are you are you bringing more? Um, I guess, uh, like tranks or, or, you know, those kind of real, like the big casters, or are you bringing more like, like small talicas and all that, or a little bit of both? Um, it's, it's a combo of both. So yeah. usually what I'll do is, uh, um, it's a Tranks 400 for Cabrillo fishing. Um, mm -hmm. And then uh, for my surface iron, it'll be a Trinidad 20 or, or um, 30. And then uh, I'll usually have like a, because it's always good to have like a 60 pound setup down there to whether you troll or if you're dropper looping bait. So then I'll usually mm -hmm. run like a Talica 20 for that. Um, and then uh, um, usually something like a Talica 25 for fishing grouper. Okay, mm -hmm. cool. No, cool. Not the Tranks 500, but the 400. Yeah, I, you know, I, I'm. The Trinx 500 is an awesome reel, um, but uh, for how big and bulky that reel is, for how much line it holds, mm -hmm. I would, me personally, I would rather fish a Trinidad 20 because um, I'm fortunate enough where I get to fish, get out and fish a lot. So I don't need the cast control that's on the tranks. Yeah. Um, and then I also, you know, my I've been fishing for so long, my thumb just kind of automatically is mm -hmm. able to put line back on. So um, I, I prefer to have the extra line capacity of a Trinidad 20 um, mm -hmm. versus the castability of a Trinx 500. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. A, a Trinx 500 is an absolutely incredible reel. Yeah. I, it's I, I, it's, it's kind of funny. I don't actually own one, but um, it's a, <laughs> it is an absolutely incredible, cool reel. Yeah, I actually just got like my very first one, like not too long ago, like a couple months ago. Nice man, I love it. Yeah, it's, it's cool. a, dude. It's it, it's a really fun reel. I've, I've I don't know one. I fish with I fish with them a lot. It's a mm -hmm. really fun reel to fish with. Yeah, yeah. The four hundred, the four hundred is pretty good too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the you four, can't the, really go wrong. The four hundred is one of my that four hundred bait caster size has become. I mean, it's become a staple. I mean, mm -hmm. it goes with me on almost every single trip I go on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, especially nowadays when it's so versatile, where you can go anywhere from anywhere from bass all the way up to the bluefin. Mm -hmm. It's like I, I I have a Trinx four hundred, and then I'll have a stick bait tied on it, and like a one forty cold sniper stick bait, and mm -hmm. I'll leave that on, and I'll I'll use that for bass fishing, barracuda. We need a yellowtail and bluefin. It's just like one setup with one lure. I can do all sorts of different stuff with. Yeah, what uh, what kind of rods do you bring down there? Um, I do a you know, mix of, uh, of, of, I have a lot of Shimano stuff, but yeah. uh, um, I also bring a lot of Calstar stuff with me too, especially for like the yo-yo iron stuff, yeah. like a 765L with a Trinidad 40 is oh. a, like a primo <laughs> setup for fishing yo-yo iron down there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. I mean, you don't really need, because it's panga fishing, right? So you don't need a nine foot stick at all. It doesn't seem like. No, it's uh, for surface iron. You can definitely bring nine foot and 10 foot rods. There's plenty of room on the pongo for it. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, you definitely don't need a longer longer rod like that. It's yeah. uh, I still usually bring a nine foot glass rod but for throwing surface iron. But, um, you know, you can get by plenty good enough with an 800M Calstar or anything like that, like an eight foot eight foot rod that'll still fish surface iron just fine down there. Yeah, yeah. So just a quick rundown. As mm -hmm. far as your tackle bat pack for Tony Reyes, mm -hmm. give us a list of like what you're bringing as far as jigs, rods and reels, if you were to only pick four combos. 
Gotcha. So four combos. Yeah. I think he kind of just ran ran down a little bit on the rod side for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, definitely. So for, but basically for the combos, like a uh, big bait caster for Cabrilla fishing, mm-hmm. a yo-yo iron setup, you know, something with 50 pound line, um, six and a half, seven foot rod, um, and then uh, surface iron setups, you know, anything eight to 10 feet, 40 pound class um, rod works great for surface iron fishing. Um, and then, uh, um, and then either have a grouper setup. The grouper setup is really like you bring it for fishing like one one morning. So usually the last morning of the trip you'll end up grouper fishing. So that's mm-hmm. the only um, morning that you need a grouper setup for. Um, and then um, outside of that grouper setup, my fourth setup will, that comes on the pongo with me every day is like that sixty pound class trolling setup. Okay. So it's either trolling or uh, you know I hate trolling down there, but there's just sometimes when it's the best thing going. Yeah. Yeah, you can't help that. Mm-hmm. On, <laughs> on on my last trip, I I I uh, wasn't uh, I wasn't convinced to troll until I think it was Wednesday afternoon, and I just I, I wouldn't I wouldn't let the guys <laughs> on the ponga troll. And finally, my dad was with me on that trip. He just finally said, Matthew shut up. It's time to troll. And I'm like, all right, fine, whatever. <laughs> like I'll, I'll, I'll sit in the bow of the boat and drink a beer and watch you guys troll. That's fine. Yeah. And, and within the first 15 minutes of trolling, we had like a 12 pound Cabrilla and then like a 15 pound Gruber. So it was like, crap. Okay, fine. You're right. Like whatever. But I, I try to avoid trolling as much as possible, but, uh, the, the, it's a very, very effective down there. So primarily it's Cabrilla and yellowtail down there. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yet. Any other species that you've come across? Um, so you catch all sorts of other stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. I've caught needlefish down there. I've caught uh, um, uh, bonita, barracuda. Oh, yeah. um, they have they call them uh, they call them calico bass, mm-hmm. but it's the exact same as a spotted bay bass up here. Oh. So they actually have some of those. They have um, pargo, which I haven't caught oh. unfortunately. Um, they've got uh, they have something called a pinto bass, where it hmm. looks like a mix between uh, kind of it kind of looks like a mix between a calico and sand bass, hmm. but they're down. Mm-hmm. Like 250 plus feet deep, like a rockfish. Hmm. Any yeah. size to them? Um, you know, they get up to about a big one's about like four or five pounds. Oh, okay. So it's a it's not the it's not the most fun thing to catch, but they're absolutely delicious. Mm. So they eat really well. Um, there's trigger fish down there. Oh, yeah. um, recently, there hasn't been a lot of white sea bass, um, but the black sea bass fishing this year has actually been really good. Really? Yeah. One of the trips that uh, it was actually on uh, Eric's um, charter. Mm-hmm. Um, they caught up one that uh, taped out and measured to over 400 pounds. Oh my gosh! Mm-hmm. And that Holy was actually crap. that was actually caught on one of my 100 pound wind ons. So that was kind of no cool. kidding. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Claim to fame. Yeah. That's very cool. It's <laughs> awesome. Man, I'm so stoked for next year. It's going to be a blast. Hopefully you can join. I'm, gonna so, be awesome. I, I'm stoked for you. Regardless if I can go or not, you're going to have yeah. an absolutely incredible time. Um, it's going to be hot that time of year. Yeah. But uh, it's it, it'll be a ton of fun. It's oh, and just sure. make sure if you like if you you know if you like getting in the water and and snorkeling or anything like that, bring that stuff because if you decide to you can and the cool thing about those trips is you don't have to fish. You can literally tell your ponga your your pongaro, "Hey, I want to go look at birds today." Oh, really? And he'll take you around the island and find osprey nests or, you know, just th- they'll literally do whatever you tell them to do. So which is kind of cool. So you can go huh. whale watching if you wanted to. So if you, uh, it's, especially when it's hot like that, it's nice to yeah. be able to take a break and go swim sometimes. Wow. I didn't know that. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of uh, flexibility. Yes. Yeah. It's not like, you know, you go on a sport boat out here and, you know, you're kind of stuck with what the, what the boat does. Right. You could literally tell your punga to go do circles around an island and mm-hmm. they would do it for you. I mean, they're going to think huh. you're weird and, and talk <laughs> shit on you with all the other punk arrows, but they'll, they'll do it. Uh, it comes with the territory. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh man, that's cool. I'm super, super stoked. 
And um, yeah, it's it's gonna be fun. August, yeah, sure, it's gonna be hot, but I'm guessing the fishing is gonna be pretty epic too. Fishing is all fishing is good that time of year. It's it's a lot of yo-yo iron fishing that time of year. It gets a little hot oh, okay. for the yellows on the surface, so you don't get as many surface iron fish. But right. uh, and the cabrilla fishing is a little on the slower side, but the yellowtail fishing that time of year is just phenomenal. Oh man, I can't wait! I can't wait. Um, that, that's awesome, man. You're just getting me all psyched up and all oh, that dude, stuff. I, I, I'm excited right now. <laughs> <laughs> and it, I think it's a six day trip or a five day trip. Yeah, it? technically a six day trip. So you leave Sunday, uh, Sunday, um, late morning, early afternoon, depending on the tide, uh, the tidal swings there are, I was going to say that's big that, as anywhere in the world almost. Yeah. That, that has a lot to do with, with, with when you actually leave, I think. Right. Yes. Yeah. Cause the boat literally at low tide, the boat can't make it off the dock. Yeah. So literally, uh, it's, uh, you have to wait for the, for the, for, for that high tide in the day to leave which is kind of cool oh that's pretty cool that's mm-hmm. epic um as far as the availability and all that stuff for tony ray is is there a lot of availability left for even next year even this year no i i think as far as i was looking at that the other day um we have a little sheet we keep by the phones um mm-hmm. i think is in 2024 there is probably less than 30 spots available wow I, that as far as as trips that have people booked you know there's mm-hmm. you know a, the the trip we have a trip on the schedule like before the first the first trip that's supposed to run and after but you right. know it's one of those trips that might not end up filling but uh um yeah as far as the trips that are for sure going there's probably less than 30 spots available for next year oh my gosh it's it's one of those trips where year after year you get the same people i mean it's just like getting on a long range boat it's it's you get the same people over and over again mm. and uh it's very most people rebook i was gonna say it's a lot of regulars mm-hmm. right yeah, almost it's, you know, on almost every single trip, you get people who've never done it before. Mm-hmm. But most of the time, it's you get a vast majority of the people on the boat have been doing it for years and years and years. Huh, interesting. Mm-hmm. And they've been doing that for years and years and years, yeah. the operation. Yeah, that's been, I don't know when it started, but it's been going on a, a very, very long time. I mean, my, my dad, you know, when we were talking about doing the trip um, earlier this year together, mm-hmm. he was like, man, I remember doing that 30 years ago when you just <laughs> sleep, you, when you would just it was hot and there was no air conditioning in the stateroom so you just slept outside. Nice. <laughs> which is would have been fun but yeah. at the same time awful. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, AC in the rooms now. That's yes, that's key. AC in the rooms, especially in August, it's very nice. Yeah. And the food's pretty good, I'm guessing. Oh, uh, the food's phenomenal. Yeah, oh, it's uh, it's it's just like good old home-style Mexican food most of the time. Oh, that's my yeah. favorite kind. Oh, dude, it's 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 wonderful. Oh my gosh. Well, Anyway, we're going to talk a lot about Tony Reyes for the next year because I'm super, super jazzed to go. <laughs> so uh, since you work at the Long Fan and all that mm-hmm. stuff, what are some of the most craziest stories that you've heard customers actually tell you at the counter? Ooh, Any of man. them come to mind? Let's see here. The trouble with some of these crazy stories is sometimes I know people are bullshitting, so I stop listening. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Mm. <laughs> Man, I'm absolutely blanking on, uh, on some of this stuff. Well, I mean, that's actually a really good point that you make where it's like, okay, is that really true? Or are you just bullshitting? Yeah, I, uh, um, I have, I mean, I've worked retail for a long time, so mm-hmm. you obviously come across a lot of people yeah. and, uh, at one of the skills that I've developed is, uh, being able to figure out what's bullshit and what's not pretty quick. <laughs> and usually if I can tell it's bullshit, I just kind of in- instantly go into Tune the, uh, uh-huh. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. That's crazy. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then just start doing that, which is, you know, maybe I shouldn't do that, but eh. sometimes you have to. Um, all right. So here's, here's another one. Well, you 
think. Yeah. When it comes to, um, because the, I mean, you have a whole uh, range from like the brand new angler who just saw this whatever on YouTube or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then you have the old salty guys and the guys that have doing it for 40 years, 50 years plus and all that. Mm-hmm. Do you see a lot of those guys, the older guys um, kind of transition into, I guess I was, I would call our era of fishing where, you know, getting, getting away from the mono and going straight to braid or, you know, things like that and all that. Is there more of a transition there or are those guys just set tried and true in their own ways? No, you know what? Um, it's, uh, it's very rare to have a reel come in the shop that, uh, doesn't have braid on it nowadays. Okay. It's incredibly rare, um, for a reel to come in. Um, most, most people, um, especially with a braid now, it's been around long enough. Most people are on board with it. So especially, you know, there's still some people that are still set in their ways. Mm-hmm. And, you know, most of those people now that are set in their, you know, mono ways right, um, are uh, have like, you know, 50 to 100 yard top shots of mono where they're still not running full mono just because mm-hmm. the, the benefit of braid is easy enough to sell on, on most people. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, you know, you can get more heavier line on your reel. And then even if you don't like to have, if you don't like to fish the braid, then put 100 yards of mono on top of it. And then every time you put new line on your reel, you pay, you know, $4 for 100 yards to mono versus $12 for 300 yards of mono. And then yeah. by the time you've put new line in your reel four to four or five times, you've saved your money back and mm-hmm. your braids paid for itself. So yeah. most people on the, uh, you know, if you do the cost benefit analysis, basically sell it to them as a investment per se. Um, most people are, it's pretty easy to get them on board with it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. I mean, when it comes to, I can understand like rental gear and like boat rods and all that stuff, having mm-hmm. a little bit of mono just for tangles and all that. But as far as like just my personal gear and all, it's just straight braid nowadays. Yeah. yeah it, no. it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Just totally mm-hmm. makes sense not to, not to do mono anymore and all that. And I get questions like that too, from the older guys where, Hey, I, you know, I have half braid and then a top shot of mono and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And they always ask, Oh, what, what line should I fish? Like, Honestly, I personally, I would just basically go all braid and then whatever you do and whatever you need, just use flora. Mm-hmm. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a, there's a million different ways to get from point A to point B. And at the end of the day, you got to go out and just go fish and figure out what works for you. Yeah. Yeah. Are you, uh, having less knots as possible guy or you just, uh, does not matter? Uh, you know, I'm not really worried about if I have a couple different connections. I do it all the time where I have, you know, my braid to mono. And then I, I typically, if I'm tuna fishing, I like to have a little bit of mono, um, okay. on, on my stuff just as that mono is a little bit more forgiving. Um, when you're fighting a fish and it's just nice to have a little stretch there. I also like casting a bait better with mono. Um, but, uh, so I have no problem having braid to mono and then mono to fluoro. And then obviously my floor to my, to my hook. So there's, you know, a decent amount of knots there, but if you tie a knot properly, you don't have to worry about it. Very cool. Very mm-hmm. cool. Mm-hmm. So you, people could find you at the long fin and all that typically working almost every day or five days a week or whatnot. Yeah. I'm usually there Tuesday through Saturday. Okay. Um, typically open to close. Nice. Mm-hmm. Nice. Very cool. You're the guy <laughs> at times. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> awesome. And I mean that you, you, we kind of touched on it at the beginning of the show where it's like that, that store is just epic where, you know, two different levels got everything you need right off. I think Chapman. Yep. Right? Off the 55 and Chapman in orange. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Very mm-hmm. cool. Any, anything, any, think of any stories while we've been talking about that? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really trying. I'm not, I'm, I'm not great at multitasking. I do apologize, oh, you're good. But, you're uh, good. Um, you know what, just a fun, uh, just kind of a, um, it's, uh, just the first thing that's coming to mind is, uh, mm-hmm. 
Um, just kind of a fun story is uh, last year during all that Mad Mac craze with the bluefin fishing, oh, yeah. uh, I was actually on a on a trip on a on a boat where we actually caught a bluefin without hooking them. How does that work? <laughs> so we're um, we're dr- we're dragging Mad Max around behind behind Cat, and uh, we they weren't really eating them for at, at that specific point in time. Right. And there was just so many foamers all over the place. We just finally were just like, okay, we can't take it anymore. Just pull up on one. We'll let the Mad Max sink out, and let's go throw poppers and mm-hmm. stupid stuff at like like that at him. And yeah. we couldn't we couldn't get bit on anything. So I'm just kind of and it kind of started to like fizzle out a little bit around us. So I I just kind of stopped, and I was like sitting there just kind of assessing the situation, trying to figure out what we're going to do next. And all of a sudden, I see one of the Mad Mac rods bent over. And I'm like, oh, my God, they, we got a bite in the Mad Max just sitting there, like not doing anything. Mm-hmm. So I immediately have a um, have a guy start fighting the fish on that rod. I go to the other Mad Mac rod and I start winding it in. And then I feel the fish on that one. I'm like, oh, shit, we're tangled up. Probably yeah. going to lose a couple of Mad Macs here. So I just gently start bringing the, uh, bringing the Mad Mac in. And I can feel the fish the whole time, but he's still fighting him. It's it's going okay. Mm-hmm. So, and as I as I get it close, I get I get our I get the mono back on the reel, and I'm like, this is weird. Like the fish is too far away for me to be this close on this rod, yeah. and I see two Mad Max in the water. So I'm like, mm, what the? <laughs> so I get the Mad Max in the boat, and sure as shit, he's the other guy's still fighting the fish, and I can feel the fish pulling on the other one. Right. So we had one guy fight the fish, and the other guy that was on the boat was just kind of pulling in slack line, and I was hand lining in from the from the opposite direction, mm-hmm. and uh, we ended up catching the fish. It was like a 135 pound bluefin, no and kidding. The line just got caught and twisted around his jaw. And because we were able to keep tension on both sides of them, we were able to still get the fish. No kidding. Yeah. Ne- never a hook. In the-, the only time a hook went in the fish was the gaff. Wow. Yeah. It oh, was. my gosh. Yeah, I can't believe we got that one. That was just, that shows you how many fish were in the water. And just, it's always better to be lucky than good. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I've never heard of anything like that. Yeah, I, I've seen it one other time where we were like calico bass fishing and, you know, mm-hmm. like a 12-inch calico got wrapped in the line. But yeah. I, I have yet to see, a, 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 <laughs> a, especially a bigger fish like that. How, how big was that again? It was a 135-pound fish. Oh, no big deal. Yeah, it's just... <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, man. Well, cool, man. Well, as we wrap up, uh, how, you know, I want to go back one last time to DP and all that stuff. Yeah, man. I know you're in three tackle stores. Anywhere to uh, direct to consumer on your end, or are you just really exclusively on tackle stores? Um, you know, I'm just trying to focus on tackle stores right now. Okay. Um, I really want to get the uh, tackle shop business um, up and going first and, you know, really try and focus on ta- um, ta- tackle shops. But mm-hmm. uh, if uh, anyone is interested, um, you can just go to the, our Instagram, which is DP Tackle Co. Uh, and if you just shoot me a DM on there, um, I'll be more than happy to work with and just let, let you know pricing. If you if anyone's interested in getting anything, just let me know. I, um, I have uh, I have direct-to-consumer pricing built. I just haven't really been pushing it yet. Mm-hmm. But uh, if anyone's interested, you can just shoot a DM to the Instagram and then uh, I'll either ship stuff, deliver stuff. I'll figure out how to make it work. Nice, nice. And tackle stores can do that too as mm-hmm. well. Inquire that way. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Very cool, man. Well, this has been fun. I can't believe the hours flown by, but um, it's, it's yeah, amazing how fun talking about fishing is. I know, I know. It just, to, just. I mean, we can do this for days mm-hmm. on end. But yeah, we'll have to have you back on before Tony Reyes and go get our get our uh, 
get jived about that one again yeah, too. Yeah, man, I'd lo- love to be back on and get you all excited for that thing again. Oh my gosh, it's going to be <laughs> so much fun. Um, one more time, how do we get in contact with you on DP and all that good stuff? Uh, so uh, it's uh, um, uh, it's uh, on Instagram, just DP and then tackle co and just tackle and then co. Uh, and then uh, shoot me a DM, leave a comment, like some stuff. I'd love it. Love it if you guys follow. Um, cool. But uh, yeah, just DMing on there is the easiest way to get a hold of me for that. Awesome, man. Well, appreciate you coming down. This is all, this has been awesome. Man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Guys, make sure that's going to be it for the for this week. Make sure to go uh, follow us on Instagram and follow, like us on Facebook and um, go subscribe to the podcast. And uh, we will see you guys next week. Take care.